Can't say fuck. From the 305 to the 303, this is TCST. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dr. Brian and the Cadbury Serious Band. Welcome to the Casually Serious Podcast. Why are we still killing puppies? What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Casually Serious Podcast. I am Bob Riley, and this is my brother man over here, Ken Man. Ken Man, how the hell are you doing tonight, dude? Man, I am doing great. Doing great, Bob. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful. It's hockey night in South Florida. Go Panthers. Panthers Lightning playoff tonight. We got basketball playing round starting in NBA playoffs. This is not a sports show, of course. And Major League Baseball in full swing. It's just a sporter's paradise right now. So I'm happy, man. I like sports. What can I say? But we got awesome. a serious topic tonight, too. So and We do have a serious topic. And, and while, while, we're, while we're broaching it at the top of the hour, um, let's go ahead and get it out of the way. There's going to be probably a few images tonight of, of, of animals that may be disturbing. And I'm not a, a sick, perverted ass face, okay? So it's not gonna be gross stuff. I need you to know this. But I also need you to know that uh, this is gonna be a show about animal testing and 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 whether you like it or not, it happens. Uh, and we're gonna discuss all that. So I just want you to know that we may throw a couple pictures up and I will warn you before doing so. I may say, some, say something like, this was the warning I was giving you about graphic content. Here's a picture. And then maybe give you a one second countdown and put it up there. I'm not. I don't know. In the moment, I'm. Not, I'm I might not be that uh, that uh, that nice at that time. But I'm gonna try and be cool about it because honestly, this isn't for shock value. Although that that title definitely was. But um, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and make sure that we try and give you a warning about that. But we are going to broach the subject of animal testing tonight for the first half of this episode, and the second half will be uh, focusing on uh, uh, another portion of the animal uh animal human relationship so i just thought i'd get that out of the way let's see who's here real quick uh brian smith go figure brian smith go figure we got a few other people watching thank you folks for coming and watching for those of you listening to us on spotify who are unable to see my slightly pale face and uh ken's glistening tanful face as he is the owner of a wonderful pool company out there in south florida and i am not uh and i'm in denver um you can't see us, but you can hear us. I hope you enjoy us uh, in this format. Sp uh, Spotify will be moving to a, uh, a visual, uh, a video podcast format pretty soon. Sarah Berryhill, how you doing tonight, darling? Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, we're going to go to a visual format there eventually, but as for right now, we're going with the audio only. So let's get to the topic at hand. hand uh, ha Why are we still killing puppies was the name of the show. And, uh, you know, in some way, shape, or form, uh, th th that's, th that is that's that is a viable question. I'm going to show a picture right now, but there's nothing wrong with this one. This is just a cute picture of puppies. Maybe they're getting shampooed. Maybe they have lice. I don't know. But you have to understand animals are part of the testing world. And Ken Man is going to kind of lead this whole thing off. And I'm just going to interject with my opinion and be an overall annoyance. So Ken Man, rock out with this for us, please. All right. Well, first of all, um, 
you know, this is a serious topic. It's our show is casually serious, so we are going to keep it casual at the same time. Um, but it is a serious topic and one that's very, uh, very dear to myself. Just uh, being my, my attachment with animals in general. This is the way I was brought up. My father before me. Everyone in our family. We're all big animal fans. Now, to what level? All right. To what level do we love animals, you know, and do we care about animals in some way or another? Every one of us are feeding into that spectrum of not being able to just say that we are fully taking ourselves away from having anything to do with animals being hurt for stuff that we're either purchasing, using or buying, whichever. Um, but there's so many levels to that. Eating animals, purchasing these these items, uh, medical trials. There's so many different things. And, and entertainment is one of the big ones. But we're going to start with testing. Um, there's over 100 million animals that die every year in animal testing in the United States. And the sad fact is that 95% of those tests don't even come to fruition to allowing us to pass something over for human consumption. And that small 5% that does doesn't always translate to having positive human trials after the animal trials. So we're talking about a huge, huge number of animals that are going through testing for basically a lot of similar tests to find results that are just basically giving us information that's not even going to help us. So multiple, multiple decades ago, a bunch of doctors thought it was a good idea to start utilizing animals for testing. And in some manners, there was some positive feedback, but all in all, Animals do not have the same makeup as humans. So as an animal might be affected in some way, the humans are not. So as they change from these animal trials to human trials, that's where we see the big number change, that we're getting 95% that are immediately just thrown out. All those animals died essentially for no reason, but just so that the FDA or the Department of Agriculture or some other testing facility of toxicology could say, hey, this is safe, this is not, this much level is okay, and it's not really giving us those answers. So we're getting to the point now where I think people have to start speaking out because behind all of this is what? Money. It's always. Follow the money right. in any situation. Right. So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit more tonight is where the money goes, where your money goes, your dollars go. What is it that you can do to be a part of trying to resolve this issue? And what can we do as a society to do it as well? And and I ask you, Bob, for, for yourself, and I know you're an animal lover, but are, um, do, are you a meat eater? I am a meat eater. Yes, okay. I am. So, I wasn't so, for a while, but I I, I am, yes. Okay, and and I the same for six years. Of refrained from eating meat. I went the vegetarian way for a while, and at the end of the day, I there's benefits to that, uh, one way or the other. But for me, it it, it cuts, it's got to come onto a conscious level of what it is that you're doing and what you're accepting as being okay for you. And when it comes right. to food, um, that is still for profit at the end of the day. So that's still animals for profit when we're eating. So being able to consider you know, what we're going to do, what's okay with us and what's not is where we're kind of looking at these levels. But back to testing real quick. Most people don't feel that they don't need animals to be tested on for their shampoos, their soaps, their cosmetics. I think we're all past that. Unfortunately, our country's not. You know, the European Union, Israel, India, all of them have outlawed even importing any types of cosmetics or any hygienics that don't have or that have been tested on animals. It's, it's already gone there. And this country is still doing it. And this is where I think a lot of people can really start right away by looking at that, at cosmetics, at beauty supplies, and starting to look for cruelty-free animals. Uh, there's an app called Cruelty Cutter 
that you can download for free. You very simply scan the, the barcode on any item and it could tell you if it's an animal friendly product or not. Um, it's a great app to have. It's just something that can help us kind of put our money in the spots that really are working because when people stop buying these products is when they'll stop doing it here too. It's already happened in many other countries. So that to me, we're at the precipice of eliminating and that's, you know, 50, 60 million right there animals you're gonna save a year just for not spraying all these things in their faces to make uh, make sure we can wear these eyeliners and, and certain, uh, right. certain deodorants, you know? That's messed up. And we're gonna show a picture real quick you might not like to see. These are the kinds of things we're trying to, I guess, digest right now. Because as someone who looks at that photo and gets very angry, viscerally, it's one of those photos that everyone should have a very, very bad knee-jerk reaction to. But we don't necessarily know what the context of that picture is. If, if, if there is somehow uh, the possibility of uh, the cure of HIV AIDS in, in attachment to what is going on there, there's no doubt we have to be in some sort of agreement with, with that being okay. Uh, do we want that done a million times a year? That's the next question, do you know what I mean? Are we sharing this information with other companies so that a million monkeys a week aren't being killed to get the same test done all over the, all over the board? I don't know. But I think as someone who's just jumping in here and saying something real quick, photos like that are what we think of when we hear animal testing. And we think of the cruelest of cruelest things, uh, uh, which is you know sometimes the case, sometimes not the case. But uh, I, I can't find uh, a good reason to do it. Um, you know, uh, unless we're talking about disease control and, or the inhuman, and, you know, things like that uh, in terms of makeup, shampoo, shit like that. I don't know, man. I don't know that. Well, right. And you made and you made a good point because, you know, that was the, the next part of this is the cosmetics aside, the, the, the medicinal side of this and testing for new medications and breakthroughs. These are the things that people constantly feel like they animal testing needs. <clears throat> needs to still be here for. Um, it doesn't. I mean, primate testing is pretty much ended in 2015 in this country for the most part. There's still a lot of this happening today. So it's not just rats and, and birds and mice. There are a lot of cats and dogs and rabbits that are dying constantly from these tests as well. The problem with the medical uh, the medical testing is that the medical testing has got to be scrutinized with so many parts of it that ultimately it still has to go to human trials. And this is where I'm saying that the facts are, flat out facts are over, the, over these last few decades, there's over 90% of these animal tests do not translate to human consumption. It's, it's a huge number. It's not like it's 50-50, hey, we're getting a good amount of it. You're barely getting anything out of it. So really we're looking at alternatives to animal testing being 3D printing, in vitro testing, computer modeling. There's so many things that can be done to eliminate and reduce the amount of animals to be tested. And again, starts with the money. As long as federal government is gonna to continue to fund colleges and universities, which is where a lot of these animal testing facilities are. Uh, some are private, private companies have their own facilities, but a lot of the government stuff comes from testing that happens at universities. And these universities are fed money. They wouldn't be doing it otherwise. So those are the, those are the benchmarks that have to get cleared, where they can say, look, you don't need to go through animal trials for these things. We're going to allow you to do one of these in vitro testing, human volunteer testing, human patient simulators. There's so many different things that they're doing today that if just the government says this type of testing is going to be our new standard, then you're going to eliminate the need for it. And, and so something Bob mentioned earlier with the amount of testing done, uh, the same test done over and over, that's happening yeah. too. 
the same test over and over. I've lobbied for years to, to, to pe- a lot of deaf ears. Mostly people yell at me about this, the animal rights folks. But I think the federal government should step in and say, that's it. We're going to have a national testing facility. If we're absolutely going to test on animals, then make it in one spot. Have DC run this thing. There's a DC spot. Bam. You you say a company wants to know what happens when we do this to this. And they say, boom, this is what it is. We've already done it. Here's the information. They pay for it. They get it. If it's never been done before, they pay more money. The test gets done. They get the results. This way, we are not doing the same testing everywhere. And multiple, multiple millions of animals don't need to die. Really, we don't want any. But if we can somehow reduce... That's a big part of trying to get this done is reducing the amount exactly. of animals that go through this. This is one way that I think it, it could work. That's a that's a big streamline because what you know, even if we're just talking about uh, localizing information and getting it from one source, so we're not talking about a, a whole a bunch of animals being killed. It's also a lot smarter overall business wise. Even if you want to look at it from a gritty bastard kind of view. Uh, money-wise, it's got to be a lot cheaper to do it this way than it would to have to continuously ship and bring in these animals, possibly breeding them, and places where you're housing animals that you're breeding for testing, uh, all those kinds of things. That would hopefully reduce all that as well. You can kind of, you know, I don't want to use the whole birds and stone thing at the same time. It's a horrible analogy for this one, but um, I think you're able to kind of eliminate a couple of problems at the same time if that's something that would happen. I just, I don't know, man. I'm losing faith with our government stepping in for these kinds of things environmentally, animal cruelty-wise and stuff like that. Although there have been some advancements, uh, I, I don't have a lot of faith. But pe- people like yourself who are pushing it uh, you know, and trying to get behind it in a big way are really what's keep helping kind of keep this consciousness alive. But I still have an issue with a lot of it. But like you say, if we can find a way to local- localize it so it doesn't, have to happen so many times a year um, over and over with different animals over and over. You could just get these these tests done and then put them in a database and not, never have to do the test again. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I'm not saying that that is the be all end all result and, and answer to this issue. But I feel like if we're not there yet and we're getting there, because like I said, the amount of of requirements for animal testing for certain products to be passed is diminishing. That's not getting bigger. So it's really now just a lot of these companies with their new and improved laundry detergent. Well, unfortunately that new and improved needs to be tested on an animal. And that's the kind of stuff that has to stop. And 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 it's going to stop when people stop spending money with the companies that are are still complicit with animal testing. And, And plenty of products are out there trying to tell you, hey, we don't. And they're good products. There was a time where I know I looked into it uh, 20 years ago and you couldn't get a good deodorant that would work, unfortunately, unless it was, you know, Procter & Gamble had something to do with it or something like that. So there are better products today. Technology is advanced to the point where I feel like looking at animal testing is just so archaic. We're just looking yeah. at something that should have been that should have been stopped so long ago. And we're just standing by and saying that this is still OK. It's really not. You know, and I know people will argue, look, they're mostly they're rats, they're mice, they're they're all these things. But you know what? They're, and I don't want to get to this, but at the end of the day, it is still a creature. It's still an animal. And people have their ideas of, of animals and what how the importance of them and whatever. But at the end of the day, they have nerve endings. They feel they hurt. There's a lot of these animals that are family oriented, that are that are community oriented. And you yeah. lose out on all of that. They don't ever see the sunlight. They don't ever feel the grass beneath their feet. None of these things ever happen for these animals. And in some cases, the argument is they wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for the testing. Then fine, because honestly, their fate is worse than death. So why would they want that anyway? 
Yeah, we're going to show a picture that you might not want to see real quick. Ready? <laughs> so these are the kinds of things that we don't really know the uh, the testing is involved here in this, but at the same time, it's horrible, man. These are hard. These are the things that you you know that it's the, it's the it's out of context. We don't know what this is. We don't have any idea what anything. That's actually a pretty. I had somebody talk to me about that when I mentioned animal testing. They actually started. Uh, describing this photo to me and I was like oh I have that queued up for our segment today how awesome is that uh, but it's a horrible picture of a cat being held obviously with some attachment to its head um, the other picture that you might not have seen if you're listening to us on Spotify was just a monkey being held back and having something put near its eye uh, like I said we're not doing anything gross or intense here but um, it's enough. It's enough to make you wonder what the hell goes on, and and, and 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 we don't know. So let's go ahead and try and limit the stuff that we don't know <laughs> as much as possible because it's grotesque. It definitely is, and I mean, it, it from being force-fed pesticides, inhaling toxic fumes. I mean, the amount of tests are just endless that they have to go through, and these are these are sights unseen. Cameras aren't allowed in a lot of these places. Most of these pictures that come out of there are because there's been animal rights groups that have infiltrated them, and they've been able to get in and get photos, or somebody from the inside will will expose what's going on if the the cruelty just gets that bad. But you know, the fact of the matter is, we really don't see a lot of what's happening in there. And it's it's something that I think really needs to be exposed better overall for Americans to understand that we can't be a part of it. When Floridians spoke out against gestation crates for pigs, all right, these are these are cages that pigs would be in where they were just shoulder to shoulder in a cage, couldn't even turn around. And pigs were put in these gestation crates. And in Florida, about 10 years ago, we were able to actually get that on ballot and overturned. And they're no longer allowed to use that. These are little victories, farm animals, God, just to try to, to give oh. them just a little bit more of a normal life. A chicken on a, a farm chicken is 47 days. That's about its lifespan. It gets to live on this earth about 47 days, the average chicken before it goes to slaughter. And chickens live seven to nine years. So, uh, you know, it's not to say that we're going to completely eliminate that. And I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. So I don't want to get too to ahead, but you know, it still does give us the opportunity to allow animals to at least be comfortable in up until the point of their demise, if it's going to be a farm animal or if it's going to be an animal that's in a testing facility. But even to say that out loud sounds stupid. It's just, it's not going to happen. And the, the best that we can do is hope that you know, uh, we, we just try to eliminate as much as this so that we're reducing these numbers. These animals don't have to be raised for this anymore. So we don't need yeah. to have 100 million rats and mice and, and rabbits dying every year. And it's not just that they're dying every year. It's the pain that they go through prior to their death. That's that's so cruel. Yeah, and that's what most of us are going to have pictured in our head or have ringing in our ear it would be, you know, an animal you might have heard in pain um, something like that. If you've ever been unfortunate enough to see an animal after it might have been hit by a car or hear that kind of stuff, like I've heard some of those things and they're haunting. And those are the things that kind of stick in your head when we see these images. And uh, again, you know, as we're saying, there may be some legitimacy to what they're doing to these animals, maybe sacrificing themselves for a, a much greater good than we're giving it credit for. But someone like myself, I just don't have any tolerance for seeing that shit. And <clears throat> I guess, you know, the, the, the one thing that I think folks like us can hang our hat on is ignorance because there's a reason why there's not a lot of photos about this stuff. The photos would be horrible for us to see and we would be out their door with pitchforks. You know, that, that that's kind of how it would be. But since it's such a cruel situation that sort of has to get done in their eyes, they don't allow obviously photos and we don't have a lot of photos of, of these uh, animals, but 
you know, we, we also don't necessarily have the truth and, and what they're testing either and why they're testing. But over the over the last years, I've seen, you know, cruelty free and a lot of these companies come out and try and get ahead of it by saying they don't test on animals. I don't know. I, I, I it's to, at this point, it's just hard for any of us, I think, to really, truly, at least forward thinkers like myself and yourself to even believe advertising in any way. Is trying right. to tell us anything factual or, or truthful. And everything is is generally trying to manipulate you in one way or another to yeah. spend money. I mean, that's what advertising is. It's dollars spent to to make you spend money. Um, in some cases, it's also used for information, and it's taking that information. When you hear about animal testing, and even if you see pictures, what are you really going to do about it? You're, you're going to be upset, and you're in your mind, you're going to say that sucks and that shouldn't happen, but are you really doing anything? You know, and at the end yeah. of the day, the only thing that I'm telling you that you can do is try really hard to look at what you're purchasing and try to stay away from products that are doing this. Because the more consumers do this, the more they're going to conform to what our, to what their customer base is doing. And that's the only way you're going to do it is to hit them in their pocket. So Cruelty Cutter, Cruelty Cutter, it's a free app. And like I said, you literally just scan whatever item you're looking to purchase. It'll tell you if it is an animal-friendly product or not. And it also gives you alternatives. There's company alternatives on the app. You may not find that alternative in the store you're at. Look, we buy everything online nowadays. You guys can get everything out there. There's a yeah. lot of great companies, Toms of Maine, Honest. There's a lot of really good companies out there that make fantastic products, fantastic products. It's a, for, for me personally, it's... I have only one product that I purchase right now that is not animal friendly. Um, I won't say what it is, but it's hard to find uh, anything else, unfortunately. But other than that, um, and that's my line. And that's why I was talking earlier, like, where's your line? You know, where are you going to be? Are you, I don't give a crap, kill all the animals you need, no big deal. Or are you going to try to be somewhere? Because the littlest bit that you do to try to help, it's going to turn into so much more. Because it's every individual just making those efforts that are that's going to show the change that we need to see and that we've already seen. I mean, where's Ringling Brothers? You know, I, I was one of those guys out there at the Miami Arena, at the AAA. I was standing out there telling people why they should not be bringing their children inside to that show. People were literally turning around and leaving the show. I had play, I had kids that were talking their parents in. The kids were like, I don't want to go anymore. I don't want to go anymore after what this guy, parents wanted to kill me in some cases. But for the most part, I didn't care. I was telling people the truth. I was telling people what was really going on inside of those doors and behind those doors with Ringling Brothers, you know? And I'm not against the three-wing circus part. That's a lot of fun. I'm against the animals for entertainment, which we're going to talk a bunch about here in a few minutes. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's still trying to find the level you're going to be at. And when it comes to the part that we're talking about here with animal testing and what you can do, it's all about where you're buying your cosmetics. We're so close with cosmetics in the United States. It's already happened in the EU, Israel, India, some major countries that utilize a lot of cosmetic. The U.S. has to be the next one. We've done it with fake fur. You could look at comp you know, groups like PETA. Look, PETA is an in-your-face company. I'd always said, oh, I hate that company or that 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 group. They're they're too they're they're too in your face. They're too you know what though. That's what you have to do. That's how you make news because you know yeah. it's PETA out there throwing red paint on the on the fur coats at the at, at the fashion shows. You know that it's PETA doing that. And you know what? Now fur coats aren't the big thing anymore. Nobody wants to wear fur anymore because it worked. Enough people saw that. Enough celebrities spoke out about it. Enough people said they were done with it. And then the industry got into faux fur being better than real fur. 
So basically technologies caught up and made it so that we can replace the need for utilizing animals in these cases. And it's trying to find where you're at individually. Where are you going to be? Are you still going to buy goose down? Are you still going to, you know, buy stuff that is animal made? Or can you find those alternatives that absolutely exist and are most definitely just as good, if not better products? Yeah, and I think what you said earlier is the truth. The one and only, one and only way any of this shit is going to change is if they feel it in their bottom line. If it's uh, and, and even in some cases we've seen it if they if they get hit in social media where you've got enough people that are saying this is bullshit, we need to get behind this. You know, all it takes is a few people to get angry on Twitter, man, and some real bad shit can happen to people. It's happened to the wrong people. Uh, I, let's let's go ahead and put that out. But at this, at, at, I'm thinking that we can, at, at the very least, you know, try and make a stink in some way on on social media. If you're not the kind of person that's going to go write letters or 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 go somewhere in person, uh, social media is very very powerful, as we know, uh, as we know, because we haven't heard a lot from our current president. Uh, but you know, social media definitely is something that could be used as a powerful tool in this case, and. Um, you know, it's something that we should, you know, at the very least get behind because, man, it just breaks my heart to even think about any of this. A lot of people look at these things and they see these quick little pictures online and it's just, I do it too. I just scroll past it. I don't want to look at that. I don't want, it might be the mood I'm in at the moment, but it's like, I don't want to look at that right now. I know that exists. And it's one of those things that sometimes we just push these things away a little bit, but we're Mm -hmm. not, that's not right. We're not doing our part by doing that. If you want to say there's never a time, I never want to see that ever. There's never a time I want to see that shit. Right, right. But, but there's still going to be a time that you have to reflect on what it is that you can do as an individual and stop just trying to push it and push it and push it and say, my little bit's not going to help. Yes, it will. Every little bit is going to help. And if you're the person that's buying the products for your household, then buy them for everybody. Too bad. We're all using shampoos that are animal friendly now. We're all using soaps that are animal friendly now. We should. There's no reason not to. Even if you pay a little bit more, you're getting the point across to these other companies to know that they need to conform to the way that the, that the, that our that business is going for them that consumers are looking at now and consumers have to try to look more cruelty free yeah that's definitely something that we've seen like i said it, it's it, it's over the last 10 years maybe a little bit longer i, don't, I really honestly i don't want to i don't want to say it's much more than that but um, it, 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 at the very least if people are conscious about this and we're able to get companies scared to the point where they feel like they'll be affected monetarily, that's really all we can do. Right. Um, you know, so, and, I don't know. and going, going a little bit more into, into um, the next topic we were going to get into, just cause I'm already kind of jumping into this a little bit more. The animal testing thing for me um, was definitely something I just want people to try to understand as best they can to really just pay attention to those more than anything, beauty and cosmetic products. That's the spot we got to be paying attention to right now more than anything. As far as your donation goes, I've said a lot of times to people that I personally don't donate to March of Dimes. I don't, don't, you know, of course they're saving babies. I'm all about saving babies, but they test on animals almost more than anybody. So for me, my money's not going to a group like that. My father is a paraplegic. I would love to give money to the Miami Project to cure paralysis. Unfortunately, they test on animals at a very high level. And I just, I can't do it. I can't, I can't put my money where those people are are doing those kind of things. I'm not here to tell you where to donate or not donate. And at the end of the day, that's not really what's going to do this, but you're purchasing and what you're buying in the stores really, really well. And you can make a difference right away with that. 
No doubt. That's definitely one the one thing that uh, folks have caught on to right now. And like I was saying earlier, social media, get it, man. You'll sting some people pretty hard. You know it. You know it. So on the entertainment, animals and entertainment, animals for profit. You know, this this is I mean, the lists are just so long. And I think in some cases people don't even think about it. I'm going to go through this real quick. Animal ways that animals can be used for entertainment or profit, food, circus, zoos, aquariums, movies, television. Uh, breeding, puppy mills, safari parks, petting zoos, bullfightings, rodeos, dog sledding, horse racing, dog racing, trophy hunting, sports fitting, fishing, traveling animal acts, roadside zoos, horse-drawn carriages, cockfighting, mobile zoos. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. There's ways that people use animals for entertainment everywhere. And, in, and this is another place where now we have to look at the levels. Start with zoos. And with a zoo, You've got a zoo like the San Diego Zoo. You got a zoo like the Miami Zoo, Metro Zoo. These are zoos that are an open concept. There's not animals in cages per se. They're on plots of land outdoors. So you feel a little better, right? They're outside, they can walk around, they can move about. It makes you feel a little better. You know, you go to uh, the Tampa Zoo, the Bronx Zoo, you go to zoos where it's just animals in cages. You just walk around and you look at animals in cages and you got to feel like- enclosures. Yeah, right. Enclosures. <laughs> enclosures. <laughs> this you don't feel good about. This you don't right. feel good about. You look at this and you don't want to look at animals behind bars. They appear that they're in prison, right? And then you can take it all the way down to roadside zoos. You can go up US 27 here in Florida and probably find a dozen of them before you go 100 miles up. And they're just these small side, I can't even call them zoos, stops where you come in and see a terribly taken care of bear or oh. alligator, or bird, and a very maybe some sort of a, cat, a big cat. I mean, it's just, it's disgusting. And it's disgusting what's allowed to be done. And here again, it's money. It's money, money, money. It's if you're going to stop and give this guy money, then they're going to continue to have these things. If our state's going to continue to allow the, to do this, then they're going to continue to have it. But where do you stand? You know, where are you with this? I mean, are you going to spend your money at one of those zoos where the animals are all in cages? Are you okay with spending your money in the zoos where they're a little bit more open? You feel a little bit better about that? Do you want to have nothing to do with an animal um, exhibit at all? I mean, there's a level to this, I feel, with people. And marine parks, I think, are one of the worst. And we've seen a lot, a lot lately on marine parks. And um, I recommend people watch a lot of these shows they've been putting out there lately, um, not trying to put any in particular place on, on point. But, um, you know, for me, I've always had issues with, um, with this aquarium, the Miami Aquarium locally. And I feel like that's a spot that we need to, you know, that's already had a lot of issues with people coming in and out um, and or the animals, I'm sorry, that have come in and out of there and not uh, been able to be released again to to the ocean. And this is because once they're in these facilities, they can't they can't adapt again. And they are yeah. swimming inside of these tiny little barely any area at all from no, no movement, nowhere to go from end to end. They cry. They they, they, ha they don't have family anymore. These things just can't happen. I mean, this is just something that's got to stop. And this aquarium has taken on just so much loss over the years that I've seen, as I drive by it often, actually, 
fewer and fewer cars out there. And I love it. I love it because this is just not, this is not an, an, an exhibit that needs to happen. This is about the worst exhibit that can happen. To me, you don't take birds out of the sky. You don't take animals, mm -hmm. out, you don't take fish out of the ocean and shove them in these tiny cages. I'm not a person that, that would want to own a bird as a pet. Um, and, and you don't want to put fish in aquariums and you certainly don't want to push a lot, put a large mammal mm -hmm. in an aquarium that is way too small for them. So we've seen enough of this to know better with yeah. marine parks. And, and, and I ask you, Bob, I mean, for you personally, would you attend any of these types of animal exhibits that I mentioned personally? Mm -hmm. If you were, to, if you were, let's say you had family members that had kids and they wanted to go, would you be against it? Would you go anyway? Where do you stand with that? So, uh, you know, I, I won't go too deep into this portion of it, but in, or, in order for me to answer that question, I have to give you the very first time I ever went to the Ringling Brothers uh, Circus, that probably one that you would have gone to because we grew up in the same area. So I remember going to it as a kid. I remember getting the chance to go was a very, very big thing. For some reason, I felt like, oh, I actually get a chance to do this now. I know other family members had gone. Uh, so as a kid, the first time I met, I went, uh, one of my, one of the great memories I have are those guns that you when you when you pull the trigger it shoots the sparks out of the front of it. It's got like a little flint thing in it, and I freaking love those things. It was like a space gun. It just shot sparks out. I love the smell of it and all that. Anyway, um, but I started watching the circus and I started noticing the lions being whipped, the bears being whipped, and and so and, and I think I maybe even asked the questions like why are they doing that? And the answer I got was just wasn't sufficient enough for me, even as a very small kid. And I think I probably started crying and made a stink about it because I think I, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, I don't know who I was with, but I know that we left because I was like, fuck this. You know, this is horrible. I don't want to see this. This, you know, the trapeze people are cool. That That's cool right. and all that shit. But, you know, this I can't get my eye off the animal getting whipped in the corner and being manipulated. And as a very young person, that screwed me up. So moving on to saying, okay, cool, maybe we'll check out the Sequarium, like you said, or uh, because there really wasn't anything else growing up in Miami other than the Miami Sequarium. I, I don't remember SeaWorld being part of anything. It was, and Sequarium was right, pretty much right down the street for us, so we could get there pretty easily. Right. Um, and that great white, that, or the, the shark spinning inside the, uh, that little thing before you mm -hmm. enter the, the causeway, that was there. really a badass. Yeah, that's a badass, cool little thing to remember. But even then, uh, this kind of stuff, the captivity of sharks, is what made me such a shark enthusiast. I know a lot about sharks, more than average people, I would like to say. Uh, so th the long answer is no. I wouldn't go to a uh, Even my wife hates the fact that I won't go to a zoo either. I think maybe a sanctuary I'd be cool with. Uh, but going to a zoo where I go to section to section, that that's depressing as shit, man. I, it's it's hard for me to 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 not humanize those animals in some way and say, how would it feel for me to be and my friends to be compartmentalized in these little acrylic shacks to have animals walk up and poke on our cage, you know, or enclosure, I'm sorry. Um, so I, I don't know, man, I, I think maybe I'm a little too sensitive in that, in that manner. I, I, uh, these, uh, I've been to the, De the Denver Aquarium. I thought that was very well done. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, again, I think they did have some wild animals in enclosures, but it was done nice. I didn't feel uncomfortable at the Denver Aquarium at all. It was wonderful, uh, but I really don't. I won't go out of my way to go there. It took me a lot to go to that one, if I'm being honest. I remember right. being like, of all the things, I don't want to see ocean animals being, you know, abused or anything like that. And and, and it was it was done in a, in a really intelligent, uh, educational way. So and, and most aquariums part of it. 
Right, and most aquariums can because obviously, if the if the size of the aquarium is fit for the the creatures that they're putting inside of it, you're good. My point to this aquarium was the containers that they tried to utilize for their whales absolutely to this day are unsatisfactory and yeah. are absolutely just torture for these animals. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I used to be a saltwater aquarium ent enthusiast back in the day. Um, I don't anymore again, because I feel like it's still, uh, and especially cause I like the, the reef stuff and that's a, that's, you know, we're, we're ripping apart reefs a little too much to take right. corals out. I don't need that in my aquarium. It deserves to be where it's at. Um, at the end of the day. But, you know, yeah, the, the aquarium in Georgia, I'd like to visit one day. I've heard really great things about that. Denver as well. Um, there's a great sanctuary out in in, um, in Denver as well that I've, I've looked into that looks really cool. Um, so, yeah, those there are, you know, alternatives to to look and to bring your your kids to see animals in, in shows like that. Well, I shouldn't say that, um, but or in environments where they can try to be a little bit more free and sanctuaries of course are as, as close to to trying to mimic where an animal's real life would be like or where right. they would be in wild um and most of these sanctuaries these animals are either injured or they're taken from these roadside zoos or rescued i know recently in florida the the, uh, the ringling brothers elephants um they were brought to one spot um, that was deemed really kind of too small for them, and they were separated. Animal, you know, and elephants are are, are very family oriented. Um, so there was a whole thing that happened there, and this guy kind of bought all this land in Central Florida and made this incredible, incredible sanctuary for all the Ringling Brothers elephants. They've just just been transported there over the past couple of months, and they're just talking about how they're just responding so well, wow. running around with each other. They're all integrated so well together in an area that's obviously not their homeland, but it's, uh, you know, at least temperament wise, um, it's similar. And they're, you know, they're certainly in a much better place than, than where they were uh, being shipped all around the, the country with, with Ringling Brothers. So, you know, th this is an advancement. Awesome. You know, this really is. This is a great advancement. And these are the kind of things that are happening more and more. And that somebody who's been involved a little bit more with the animal rights over the past, I don't know, 10, 20 years, I feel that I've seen great advancements. It's not fast enough. But it's stuff that is happening. And every year it's doing something to protect animals. We're not trying to make it. You know, a lot of people want to argue, okay, well, now meat's going to cost so much and everything's going to go up because of this and that and the other thing. Look, markets fix themselves. Mm. They've watched this happen time and time again with numerous items, mm. whether it's gas or anything else. We, The markets will always correct themselves. So if sometimes things get a little more pricey because demand shrinks or whatever, you're going to see a quick correction on all of that. Your meat's not going to cost you more if we try to be a little humane to the animals prior to their demise. And that's what I was talking about earlier. That's hard to say uh, to even come out of your mouth. But um, look, at the end of the day, if you've got a a cow that's you know or a steer that's that's going to eventually be slaughtered at least let that dude walk around in the grass for a while before he has to go you know let's not keep him crammed up in one little spot where he can't barely even turn around you know you just give him some room to roam and i understand that that comes with money as well and all of that and that's where people get to but you know, there needs to be a standard that's better than what we have now. The FDA has barely changed their standards since the 70s. And we're still we got we have products that won't even be imported. There's countries that won't even import our products, beef products, meat products, because it, it doesn't meet their standards. That's sad. In the United States, I mean, we should have much better standards, but we don't. 
which is why we're this close away, you know, from another breakout. And we've had them before. We've had one just a couple of years ago with that uh, factory in Wisconsin. And you're going to find more and more of that as disease spreads through because animals are, are so crammed in together. And, and eventually all these antibiotics that they pump them up with to try to keep them from getting sick and healthy so they can slaughter them in time for their meat is only hurting us as well at the end of the day. And we're seeing it in the way children are evolving that it's just it's different now and it's different because of these hormones and these antibiotics that are pumped into these animals that we're eating and we're not paying enough attention to it because we're trusting that the fda wouldn't put something in our stores unless it was good for us but think about this there's other countries in this world that won't take that food and won't put it in front of their populace yeah i don't you know going back to what you said earlier i don't necessarily i I don't know if i buy people using the excuse that their food is going to cost more uh, because here's the deal. Uh, you know, I've been in food service most of my life. And most recently, since the uh, pandemic situation has gone, people are now 100% okay going and door dashing one cup of soup to be brought to their home or one salad or one sandwich. So, you know, here's the deal. Uh, before COVID, I'm, going to change. I'm sorry. Dude, pre uh, pre COVID, all right. We there was something called a mi- a minimum, so you had to maybe buy at least fifteen dollars worth of food before they would even think about. Now at this point, we are so accustomed to getting what the f we want. People are going to actually call and get just one soup delivered. One I've had I've had people deliver a cookie, and there there are long. There's a whole bunch of. From, from the person in the car who's driving the car, more cars on the road during lunchtime because they're delivering when you're driving. There's a huge ripple effect to all of this. So for someone to say, I don't, I, I, I don't want the price of my food to go up, you're already screwed. Yeah. Because right now you're paying $10 for a cup of soup because you don't feel like driving, go get it. Right. You know, and, and I know that I'm going off of this little weird tangent, but it, there, no, there but it's, true. it's attached, man. There's mm-hmm. an attachment there. You can't just say, I'll hate one part, but I'm going to be OK with the other part. of Right. It. So right. I'm going to destroy the planet. Right. So. So, I mean, and that kind of goes into something else I was going to mention, too. When you look at people that are vegetarian, people that are even vegan and folks that just want to cut all animal products out of their life. It's just not possible, because at the end of the day, if you use any byproduct of crude oil, any that's gasoline, anything you, you yeah. actually are kind of giving into it because, you know, with marine environments being destroyed by oil production, by animal populaces and environments being destroyed by pipelines and, and spills, the, all of that is byproduct of crude oil. So not indirectly by putting gas in your car, you've already helping, you know, you're hurting yourself in that sense and trying to say that you're fully animal friendly. You would have to literally just sit in your home. And without any power, by the way. So, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so, so look, you know, and, and I mention this only because of this. I, I was a vegetarian for six years, but even during that time, I was questioned often on how, well, on how, how, uh, how into the animal thing I really was. And I would be at, I was actually at the Ringling Brothers one time. Uh, I was outside uh, for a demonstration and a German girl came over to me and started talking to me. And uh, we started talking about the whole animal thing, blah, blah, blah. It was great. And then all of a sudden, she, she's like, oh, so you're a vegetarian. I was like, no. She's like, oh, vegan. I was like, no. She's like, you eat meat? I was like, yeah. And she's like, you're a hypocrite. You're just an absolute hypocrite. Like her total demeanor changed with me. She just was got all angry and very defensive and just 
ripping me apart. Like I was just the worst person in the world. I'm like, but all these people coming to this to this thing, we're trying to like tell people not to come to. What they're they're terrible. I'm terrible. And and look, I get her point. I understand what she says. How is it that you're going to say you're going to protect animals or be there for animals here, but you're not going to be for them there? And I get it, and I understand it. And being a vegetarian for a few years, I was able to kind of not necessarily like revel in it and feel like, oh, I'm saving all these animals. But at the end of the day, they say that every meat eater that, that replaces meat saves about 100 animals a year. So hey, if I save 600 animals by not eating, that feels great. The end of the day, cool. yeah. the level, the level though, for me, got to be where I, I felt like I, I wanted to introduce my diet back to what I had before. And I did go back to eating. So am I a hypocrite? Am I a hypocrite for feeling like I want to protect animals, but at the same time I eat animals? <laughs> I mean, just on its face and saying out loud, you feel like the answer is, yeah, yeah, you're a hypocrite. I mean, you're really, you're, but at the same time, why would I even go this far? You know, why would I give money the way I donate and why I donate to who I donate for? And why would I try to at least get across the messages that I feel are important for animals for entertainment? Why are we going to ostracize the groups of people that might be against animals for entertainment or maybe animal testing, but they're not necessarily against animals for food? We can't just push away a group of people that want to be a part of our conversation. Because what happened to me that day is I got angry. And I got angry not only with this girl, but I got angry with the, the movement, the movement of people that were beyond where I was, supposedly, or were better than I was, I guess, because they yeah. did everything or anything to be animal protectors. And I was only doing some things. So I wasn't good enough. But all you're doing there is you're pushing away a group of people that could be supporting you and that could be help that could help your or at least a part of what you're trying to get across. Because at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is inform people. And maybe somewhere down the road, those people also conform to wanting to go to become meatless as well. And as products become more available for us to, I love the Impossible Whopper, man. I eat that thing all the time. I love that. We can Dude, just hey, you know what? Around. I'm okay Let with that, tell you. Man. See, here's the deal. Now, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a whole different freaking ball of wax, all right? Because look, we, I don't know if, I, I think maybe I can speak for us. Where we grew up, it was a Burger King town. We weren't, a, we weren't really McDonald folk in Kendall. That Burger King on Kendall, in Kendall Lakes was always yeah, getting right. hit by it. We always went there. <laughs> but let me tell you, when we decided, yeah, when we decided to stop eating meat for a little bit, at least red meat, um, I tried it because I said to myself, look, dude, if I can taste a bad burger through the onion, pickle, and, to, and all that stuff that is on there that makes the Whopper taste like a freaking Whopper. Right. Really, if I can taste the burger and it's bad through that, then you've made a bad product. Because really, I, I know those are overpowering elements on the Whopper, but I tried it and I was like, holy shit, this is great. Tastes like I a Whopper. Where, yeah, it tastes just like a freaking Whopper. Now, I've bought it. I bought it and tried to purchase it and, and, and like tried to grill it. That's a little different. The consistency of it is very pink and soft. And you have to kind of char it in order to get it to get it to that point that feels like a burger. So uh, and if you're someone who's been burger your whole entire life, it's real tough to just straight up go to a burger that's impossible burger. Uh, unless, of course, you whopper it up, which is obviously covering up some of the flavor and the, and the lack of texture. But uh, right. I dug it. I dug it a lot, man. I, I, I thought it was okay. I, we we ate a couple of them and, and we went back to regular burgers. <laughs> that's, that's just the way it is, man. Like we're on a diet right now where we're not eating bread and sugar. So we're just eating good burgers that we make 
without but without buns and stuff like that. But then again, you know, it's like, are we saying to ourselves, you know, f the cows? Like, no, that's not what we're saying right now. My point to what you were saying earlier is 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 uh, I know you, you you can't completely jump in one hundred percent all the time. We don't have that kind of time. But being able to commit a little bit of your time to this topic and to and to raise awareness in front of the circus should have just been okay for that person to be like, well, thank you for at least doing something instead of right. saying, you know what, you're not the archetype. You're not that you're not what I expect you to be as an activist or whatever the hell I want to paint you as that's right. bullshit. You know what right. I mean? Like no, not I that thanks for trying dude. like, Oh, you're going to go home and eat with that's like an elitist attitude. Uh, and and I, there's no room I, for I, any of that. And I felt like there was a lot of that in some of the groups that I, I had, uh, had done some work with. Um, ultimately I'm, you know, not necessarily a member of anybody. I, I don't donate to, well, I'm not going to say who I do or donate, donate to, but I mean, there's groups that I feel ultimately that, you know, are doing really, really good work and they're doing it locally. They're doing it nationally. And there's things that I feel like I see, I see the results and I feel that thou, those are the places that I want to put my, my money to be able to do, um, do as much good as I can there. And yes, when it comes to animals for entertainment, that to me is my line and everyone's got theirs and my line is there. When it comes to animal testing, I'm against it fully, whether I don't care in what level of medical, cosmetic or whichever, I'm fully against animal testing. I'm fully uh, and I'm fully against animals and entertainment. I, I'm not going to a circus. I'm not going to zoos. My daughter is seven. If she wants to go to the Miami Zoo, I'm going to take her to the zoo. She's seven. But she also is understanding. And I explained to her what's going what's going on there. And she's not, as she gets older, she's not as keen on these things. And, I've, and I'm not trying to manipulate her in any way. I'm expressing right. it, good. explaining it. We're going online. I was like, you want to see a giraffe in the wild? Let's go look at a giraffe in the wild, you know, on, 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 in, on National Geographic. You know, these are, these are how you really educate your children into what these animals are and how they look and how they are in, in, their, in their real habitat. Because in a zoo, that is not, you're not seeing that animal that way. You're not. And at a petting zoo, that's even worse. Because those yeah. animals are absolutely not at all at the temperament that they normally would. Because if they would be, you would never be throwing your kid into a whole pen full of goats. I promise you that. <laughs> so listen, you know, again, everybody just has to take their own level up for this stuff. The Miami Heat used to do, a, a, and they still do, a family festival every year. Well, they didn't do it with COVID. But back in the day, they used to always have animals involved. They'd have a little petting zoo. They'd have a camel ride. I mean, I saw Shaquille O'Neal on a, on a camel in Miami one time. And I was like, okay, that's it. And I wrote, I wrote the, the Miami Heat. A lot of other wow. people wrote the Miami Heat. And the Miami Heat sent a letter out the next year explaining that they were no longer going to be affiliated with any of the animal um, entertainment for, for their family events anymore. And that they their eyes were open to some things they didn't know. Not saying it all came from me. They definitely got multiple letters about this. But as a season ticket holder, I didn't want to give to that anymore either. And these are the kinds of things that anybody can do. Anybody can do. And just try to educate people that just wouldn't know otherwise and be able to give them a little better insight. But most of all, don't try to tell your kids that this is the way you learn about animals because it's not at all. None of it. None of it is. That's not the way to get educated about animals. That's not the way to educate your children about animals. I'm sorry. And I know a lot of people will disagree with that, but I would love to debate that with them as well. Yeah, it's tough to, I mean, I don't know, being, be under, understanding a tiger and how a tiger works, what a tiger eats and how they hunt can probably be done with footage from the internet uh, and, and, and a very intelligent person explaining that. Now, right. wanting to see one in, in, um, in real life is, is a natural curiosity for 
every human, I think, and I think this is where most of this started, but it also started at the same time, the greed of a human and in the want to tame everything that is not human, well, including humans, honestly, which is what started all this shit. And that's really the part that, that pisses me off out of all of it. When I boil it all down, uh, it's not like, oh, well, maybe they're not being fed. It's just automatic captivity and it just it funnels down to, to no choice to me. That's what I automatically think when I think about these situations. And that pisses me off, man. And I, I, I don't I can't get behind any of the testing in any way because of that. Um, uh, just, you know, in, 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 in the in, in the entertainment industry, you know, it, I can I can I normally have a pretty keen eye when I see like a dog on screen. If I could tell like in a scene if it's going to be harmed or anything like that, like a lot of people are more conscious about that now than they were in like 82. They didn't give yeah, a shit. Like, that's know. very true. And and then that's a good co uh, comment you make because truthfully in the film industry, I feel has been one of the biggest uh, it, problems really. And, you know, with technology today and CGI, I mean, ultimately you could put in whatever you want, wherever you want. You can put any animal yeah. you want anywhere. To try to get animals to do what you want them to do is very difficult. To get Mr. Ed to talk, they use peanut butter. They, they, they use fishing line. They taught him to talk when you tapped on his hoof. I mean, like, that's not natural. You're not supposed to do that with a horse. <laughs> I loved Mr. Ed, by the way. It was one of my favorite shows. But still, these, these, I was young. They, they don't, you don't understand really what the animal goes through because we just see the, the finished product on the outside and everything seems okay and no animals were harmed in the making of this. Well, what does that mean harmed? No, none of them actually bled or, or, or had a broken bone, but, you know, maybe they're scared crapless now or, you know, right. who knows what they ultimately put them through. So, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to take everything away from old Geller and Lassie and all of this other kind of stuff. I'm not I, I don't want to be the cancel culture when it comes to animals. But at the end of the day, what do you care if it's a real collie on the screen with Lassie or you're looking at the CGI? Because nowadays you can't even tell anymore. So I, I think the film industry is at the point where, look, it's tough for them, too. They got to bring the trainer in. They got to make sure the animal does what it has to do. That stuff's all expensive. At the end of the day, I think the film industry is really moving towards that anyway. Um, but, you know, I, 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 that is one spot where I feel um, we're definitely making really good progress. And you're seeing a, a lot of a lot less of that in, in movies and film nowadays. Yeah, again, I think that's sort of a conscious thing. And it really probably has a little bit more to do with the fact that people don't want to be put on front street screwing up or messing any of that up. It's really, you know, I guess the one thing that we can sort of be happy about with this cancel culture thing is that people are taking responsibility for some things granted the motivation behind taking the responsibility is not for good but so that they don't seem like they're bad um, right. but at the same time i, I don't know really what the difference there's a difference there obviously but i don't know if it matters really if we're gaining something out of them being you know with the involvement i don't know but i don't man animals to me I, they're off limits for everything you know keep your hands off the animals uh I don't know. Like I said, there's a couple times that I've been to a couple places where I was like, this is done well. I'll go back to this. Um, right. And it was just an aquarium where I can't hear the fish yell. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's it's a little easier for me to do that than it is. They don't have any nerve endings like anyway. A, Didn't Chris Cobain say that? Eat fish because they don't have any feelings? So Kurt, Kurt Cobain? Just, yes, he Kurt did Cobain say that. Kurt Cobain did say that. So, you know, let's listen to Kurt. And uh, eat fish because they don't have any feelings, I guess. I, don't, I still, that's got to be pretty traumatic to get caught. You know, that, that goes to one of the things I just want to mention real quick with all of this. Sport fishing and trophy hunting. These things I don't get at all. At all. I mean, to be able to go and just try to catch or kill something 
to, for a trophy, to put it on your wall, to say you got the biggest or the best of this or that. You know, if you're going to hunt for an animal and you're going to use that animal just the same way like I would if I go buy a package of ground beef at the store. If you're going to do it this way, well, it's probably going to be venison if you're hunting. But still, this is the this I'm okay with. It's not my thing. I'm not a hunter, but I'm okay with this. If at the end of the day, you're going to try to kill your animal humanely, which is just how good of a hunter are you? And, and once you do that, you use the animal. You utilize the animal for the food because you're getting something from that. So to me, that's the benefit, I guess. But to just kill something, to put it on your wall, to say you killed the biggest, to toss the carcass after, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, 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 sh- to hang the fish. To do- Why? What is that? What is that? You're, you're, you're worthless. I'm sorry. People that do that kind of stuff, you are just worthless individuals. There's no, <laughs> there should be hunters hunting you. If you're going to do stuff like that, you should also be hunted at the same time. And, at the, and, and to go a step further, canned hunts, canned hunts, where they literally put animals in a oh, no, 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 no. area that. so that these losers, I mean, and these are the biggest losers of any uh, loser that exists among the hunting community. Folks that hunt in canned hunts are the biggest losers bar none. You are yeah. a you're a pure scumbag you can't shoot obviously you're not a good hunter because you can't hunt anything you're not hunting nothing you're going in someone's backyard and you're killing an animal that has nowhere else to go or run these people are pure scumbags i I, just that boils my blood more than anything the fact that you can even have these types of canned hunts and then on top of that these complete inept jackalope small penis people that have to go out there and do it just absolutely piss me off you're all scum Every one of you. Well, with that, we're running out of a little bit of time here, but I'm glad you brought that up because because the, the the thing is, is as much as I talk about uh, you know animals and I, I love all animals, I'm an avid fisherman. At least I try and be. Now, growing up in Miami, uh, me, me and my friend Scott, we, 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 we fish all the lakes. But what we would do is we would, if we caught them, we would catch them with hoping that they would be big enough to eat, but they usually weren't. We'd throw everything back. So I would say 99% of the fish I've ever caught in my life went right back into the water in right. some humane way. And I've always felt really bad if they were hook awkwardly, uh, <laughs> something like that. Like that shit hurt me. Believe me, dude. I'm one of those sensitive fishermen, dude. But like I still yearn to go out and catch a nice, beautiful fish. I guess maybe to hold it and look at it and see how beautiful because I'm going to put it back in unless it's a big trout. I'm probably going to eat you because it's your gorgeous, deli- your gorgeous, delicious fish. But if I'm not going to eat you, you're going back in your freaking habitat in your water, hopefully unharmed. I try not to hook them with treble hooks and stuff like that, just single hooks and try and catch them as fast as possible. But I'm glad you brought that up because that's very much attached to all this right now. So it is. Uh, and I mean, again, don't get me wrong, man. I eat fish and I'm okay with people who fish. Right. I'm, I, just I'm don't just kill saying- it. Right. No I mean, if, if you're not going to use it, if you're not going to eat the animal, don't make it just because you have to bring it back because you're going to win this thing and then it's just going to rot there. And hey, I won or, um, you know, it's just stupidity. And, 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 and I know that's more along the lines of the larger animals, land animals uh, with that kind of stuff more so than it really is with with sport fishing. But um, sport fishing could still ultimately be something that turns into people, you know, using the, the, the fish for for food. And, you know, and again, not advocating that one way or the other, but I still feel that that makes more sense than just pulling animals out or killing animals needlessly for literally no reason whatsoever. Right on, man. Well, guys, thanks so much for coming and hanging out with us tonight at the Casually Serious podcast. We definitely hoped 
we brought something to light that could help you possibly, you know, get your get your mind towards changing something that might benefit animals as a whole. Um, thank you so much for listening to us on Spotify. If you've done so, if you're not, check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Spotify. We're going to get on Apple soon, uh, very soon. Uh, thank you to Tammy. Thank you to Brian. Uh, thank you to Brandon Reddick. Uh, everybody who came to hang out with us tonight, thank you so much. And uh, we're going to see you guys next week. We're going to think of a topic soon. We're going to do a little bit of a change here to the show, like we said. But uh, regardless, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Have a great night, folks. Take one bite and end it.